to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. What does it look like to keep ourselves alert? How do, how do we do this? How do we make sure that we are not taken by surprise when the Lord returns? Because remember, he's, he's going to come unexpectedly. He's going to come suddenly. He's, as a matter of fact, Jesus said this. He said, at an hour that you do not think, so the Son of Man will come. So how can we do what Jesus said? Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Revelation. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Revelation, chapter 16, verse 15, in a message titled, Watching and Ready. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. All right, so we are looking at this one verse in the 16th chapter of Revelation, and the placement of this statement is amazing to me because it, I don't know if you realize it as we're reading it. If you look at it, it's here in the midst of the final judgment that's being described. And it's right toward the end of the bull judgments. Now, perhaps you remember that the judgment begins with the, the seven seals being opened, and then there's seven trumpets that sound. And then the, the final phase of the judgment that's coming upon the earth is described in these seven bowls. And so it's in the middle of this description here that we suddenly have this, behold, I am coming as a thief. But the really interesting thing to note is that this is Jesus speaking here. So he, he just completely kind of breaks into the narrative. The text itself is being written by John and it's talking about the things that are going to transpire in the future. And it's describing in detail these judgments. It's, it's talking here about the fact that there's a loathsome sore that breaks out on all of those that have received the mark of the beast. All of the earth's water supply is turning to blood. The sun, it, the heat is intensified to the point that it's scorching people. And then finally, at the pouring out of the sixth bowl, there's the nations being gathered together for this great battle there in at the place called Armageddon. So that's the, that's the narrative, that's the background. But then suddenly, Jesus breaks in and speaks these words, behold, I come as a thief. Now, a couple of questions that I want to consider. Question number one is, who is this warning for? For it, it is a warning of sorts. It's an exhortation. It's a, it's a word of encouragement, but it's, it's a warning as well. Behold, I come as a thief. So who is he addressing this to? But before we answer that, the second question is, what is the significance of the analogy of the Lord coming as a thief? Now, the significance is this. The thief comes suddenly without advance warning. The thief comes unexpectedly. 
And there are at least four other occasions in the New Testament where Jesus is spoken of as coming as a thief in his second coming. So even though we find this this word of warning, this word of exhortation, even though we find it in the midst of this description of the tribulation, I don't think the word is really for those at that time in the future. Because if you think about it, those in the future who will be living through this tribulation period, the return of Christ will not really be to them Uh, something that happens unexpectedly. Rather, the return of Christ for them will be something that they have anticipated and longed for. So back to the question, who is the warning addressed to? The warning is addressed to the church throughout each generation. Every manifestation of the church prior to the rapture of the church, the exhortation is really directed toward us. It is just this, this kind of this reminder in the midst of all of this that throughout the long history of the church as Christians from generation to generation would read the book of Revelation as they would read about these horrific events that are coming upon the earth uh, and you know, not knowing from generation to generation if we might be the ones that would, all of this would culminate in our time. Uh, Jesus just throws in this reminder that he has promised to deliver those from this period of time who are trusting in him, but it's the reminder that he's coming unexpectedly. He's coming suddenly. And so the warning part of it is that we must be ready. We must be continually ready. You see, because the ever-present danger that believers are warned about is that of growing spiritually dull and being unprepared for the Lord's return. This is something that the New Testament speaks to over and over and over again. The New Testament reminds us that Jesus could return at any time and therefore believers are to be on constant alert. We are always to be watching and we are always to be ready. That's that's the gist of what Jesus is saying to us here. So notice, behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches. So what is he talking about here? Blessed is he who watches. Well, the ESV, which is the English standard version reads, blessed is the one who stays awake. The HCSB which is the Holman Christian Standard Bible, reads, blessed is he who is alert. So if we put those together, watching, staying awake, staying alert, these are all things that are repeated over and over again to believers by Jesus and the apostles. And surely that's the case as you on your own, as you've read through the New Testament, perhaps you've noticed that in so many different places, similar kinds of things are stated. There's this constant exhortation, this constant, uh, again, it, it's a warning, but it's, but it's more than a warning. It's an encouragement to continue to be alert spiritually. Let me give you just a few examples of 
where we find Jesus and the apostles saying these kinds of things. In Luke chapter 21, verse 34, a passage that we referred to previously in earlier studies, Jesus said, take heed to yourselves, pay attention to yourselves, lest your hearts be dulled by wild parties, drunkenness, and the cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly. Behold, I come as a thief. That day come upon you unexpectedly. He's talking about the same thing there. And then Paul, in writing to the church in Thessalonica, in the fifth chapter, verses one through six, he said, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others, but let us watch and be sober. And then the apostle Peter, one more passage. He said this in 2 Peter 3, 10 through 14. He said, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. So these are just a few examples. We could go on and on giving similar kinds of examples, but there's this constant reminder all throughout the New Testament, a reminder of the need to keep ourselves alert spiritually. And that's what Jesus is reminding us of here in this passage. This is what the future holds. This is what is coming upon the earth. Make sure that you remain alert so when the Lord does come, it, it doesn't happen unexpectedly for us. Now, here's the second thing that we want to consider. What does it look like to keep ourselves alert? How do, how do we do this? How do we make sure that we are not taken by surprise when the Lord returns? Because remember, he's, he's going to come unexpectedly. He's going to come suddenly. He's, as a matter of fact, Jesus said this. He said, at an hour that you do not think, so the Son of Man will come. So how can we do what Jesus said? How can we make sure that we are not taken by surprise or that this day does not come upon us as a thief? Well, there are some basic and real simple kinds of things that God has given to us that every generation of Christians has had to apply, and we are no exception. They're, they're simple things. It's not complicated, but they're things that must be done if we are going to maintain that kind of alertness that will prevent us from that day coming upon us unexpectedly. So I want to just consider a few of these things. And like I said, nothing new here, nothing that most of you haven't heard before. As a matter of fact, some of you might say, oh yeah, I've heard that. Yep, I know that. Oh, come on, you know, tell us something new. Sorry, <laughs> there's nothing new to tell. It's the same thing. It's those 
those simple things that we are to do. But you know what the problem is? So often we don't do them or we do them temporarily. We do them for a period of time and then we slack off in doing them. But Jesus is telling us that blessed is he who watches. Blessed is he who is awake. Blessed is he who is alert. So again, how do we maintain that kind of a position? Well, here it is. Simple things. I'll lay them out and then we'll go back over them one by one. Bible reading and meditation. Prayer. Meditation on good literature, Christian literature. Fellowship. Service sharing our faith. Simple things. They're all simple. But listen, consistent engagement in these things is necessity. And if we consistently engage in these things, then we will be, as Jesus called us to be, we will be watchful. We will be awake. We will be alert. And so let's just go over each one of these things. Bible reading and meditation. You know, this is Again, it's, it's fairly straightforward. It's fairly simple. We, as the people of God, the children of God, God has given us his word. He has brought it to us down through the centuries. He has uh, protected it and delivered it to us. And, you know, it, it really is our greatest treasure. It, it really is, even though a lot of times we don't realize it, it, it is the most valuable thing that we possess. Many years ago, uh, Queen Elizabeth said regarding all of the national treasuries of the British Empire, she said, our greatest treasure of all is the, is the Bible. And you know, she was right. But not just for her and the British Empire, but, but really for every person, especially for every Christian, the greatest treasure we have is the Bible. Do we realize that? Do we realize all that it took to get this book into our hands? Do we realize that many people sacrifice their lives to get this book into our hands in our language? I think oftentimes we forget that and we're negligent when it comes to the Bible, but we're called, we're exhorted. We have numerous examples in scripture of the importance of reading and meditating on God's word. Think of Joshua with me for a moment. Remember, Joshua is the successor of Moses. And when Joshua is taking the leadership of the nation, God speaks to him and he says this. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night. Then you shall make your way prosperous. Then you shall have good success. So Joshua is going to lead the people. He's taking over for Moses. How's he going to do that? God says, this is how you're going to do it. Meditate in my word and you will succeed. You'll be prosperous. And you know, that, that same truth is for us as well. And that's just one example. We come to the book of Psalms. We come to the first Psalm and right there, you know, it's interesting. At the, in the very first Psalm, we have this statement. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the Lord's law, he or she meditates day and night. For it goes on to describe, it would be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bearing fruit in its season. Leaf will never wither. Whatever they do will prosper. You see, right there, again, we have that reminder. We come to the New Testament. And again, we're told similar things. Jesus he says that our sanctification, which means our growth in holiness and our 
uh, transformation into the likeness of Christ. It happens through the word. Sanctify them through your truth, he prayed uh, to the Father. And then he says, your word is the truth. And, and many times over, we can find many examples of what I'm talking about here. But this is something that we ourselves have to do. God's given us the word and he calls us to then appropriate it. So notice I put reading and meditating and they're two slightly different things. And I encourage people to just read the Bible because you know we need to have a just kind of a bigger picture view of things. And as we read through the Bible, you know what happens? We start to see the world through the lens of God's word. There's a term that a lot of people use today. It's a term talking about the way somebody sees things. It's the worldview. You know, what is a person's worldview? That means, well, you know, how does a person interpret life? How do they see life? Or what lens do they look through? Well, for the Christian, the lens for us is God's word. And the way to get that worldview, if you will, that biblical worldview, is to know the Bible. And the way to know the Bible is to read the Bible. There's no shortcut. We, we've got to read it. We've got to get that, that input. We've got to have that coming into our lives. You know, for some people, maybe reading words on a page is not all that easy. People have different learning disabilities and things. But, you know, we live in a time where you can get an audio version and, and listen to it. But the idea is just getting the word of God into our minds, into our hearts. And know this, understand this. The word of God is the word of God. It's not the words of men. Although men penned God's word, it's God's word. And because it's God's word, there is a supernatural component there. And even as we read it, it has this way of changing us. It has this way of affecting us. It has this way of uh, reshaping the way we think and the, the way we, we view things. And it, it, you know, it cleanses us even from the inside. So reading the Bible, but then meditation on the Bible. And meditation is something that's obviously connected to reading, but it's a little more in depth. You, we could say study the Bible, but I, I don't want to use the word study so much because that so often sounds kind of like you're approaching it just you know, purely academically. So you're just getting the information in your head. Well, meditation combines the necessity to approach it in that sense in one way, but then the idea is that it becomes very, very personal to you. So as you meditate on God's word, this is where God speaks into your life personally. You know, as modern Christians, do we understand the power of the word? Do we understand that it is through God's word that he speaks to us? I hear people all the time saying, oh man, I just wish God would speak to me. Well, listen, the likelihood that you're going to hear God speak increases dramatically if you're meditating on your Bible. If you're not, then that decreases. It's because it's through God's word that he so often speaks to us. Now, God speaks to us through preaching, through teaching. The Bible tells us that. The New Testament tells us that God gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. And of course, there is all of that, and, it, and it's all wonderful and great. And um, I've been ministered to many times over the years powerfully through preachers 
and, you know, sermons that have been delivered and Bible studies and, and all of that. But, you know, I have to say this. In the most significant moments in my life, in the, in the times uh, of deepest crisis, if you will, or confusion or whatever, you know where God has met me most often? It's through my own personal reading of his word. It's through those times of meditation on the scriptures. I think of a number of times in my life where I desperately needed to hear God speak to me. And it would be in those times when I would just open my Bible and look to God and his word. And those would be the times that that, that thing that I needed to get me through another day God gave it to me. And that's what he wants to do for you. That's what he wants to do for all of us. That's why we have to be personally committed to reading and meditating on God's word. It's amazing how he uses his word. You know, this past week or so, I had an experience where kind of related to what we're talking about here. I'd just been for a couple days just kind of under, sort of under like a dark cloud. You know how you get like that sometimes where there's just sort of a heaviness. There's a, kind of like a mild depression. You don't even really know why. And, and I was like that. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of walking around under this burden. I couldn't even identify. If you ask me, well, what, what's bothering you? I, I don't know. There's just something lingering there. And I, I got up one morning and, and each, each morning I, you know, try to have what I'm talking to you about, my time in God's word. But this year I've been going through a, a little devotional uh, written by Tim and Kathy Keller called The Songs of Jesus. And it's just a, it's a daily journey through the Psalms. So you go through the entire book of Psalms in one year. And you know that morning, just a little paragraph there from Psalm 42, I read this. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Hope in the Lord. And you know, Just that right there set me free from that that dark cloud that was kind of there lingering, you know, because I suddenly, I stopped and I thought, yeah, why am I cast down? What what is this? And as I thought about it, I, I started thinking about, you know, what was maybe at the root of it, that I was carrying around these burdens that I really didn't have any ability to do much about and all of that. And then suddenly that reminder, hope in the Lord, trust in the Lord. And I thought, of course, this is God's problem. It's not my problem. I'm going to trust in him. And, you know, I walked away from that time in the morning with that dark cloud lifted, that burden taken away. And that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes it just comes that simply, but it's through our commitment to God's word that we maintain this kind of sharpness, this alertness. You know, I can't think of the number of times where in just my, again, going through the word, God has challenged me. He's corrected me. He's rebuked me. He's convicted me. He's shown me things that I needed to see that would help me to get back to that place of spiritual sharpness where maybe I was growing a bit dull. Now let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource. 
Have I got a book for you. The book is entitled, The God I Won't Believe In, Facing Nine Common Barriers to Embracing Christianity. And this book is written by a good friend of mine named Nick Cady. And in the book, Nick deals with topics like a God who hasn't proven his existence, a God who creates hateful, hypocritical followers, a God who says some love is wrong. And Nick really tackles these from just, a, I think, a brilliant point of view, of course, going back to Scripture and showing that there are good biblical answers to all of these objections. So I want to recommend and I highly recommend Nick Cady's book, The God I Won't Believe In. Again, this month's resource is a book titled The God I Won't Believe In by Nick Cady. You can order the book, The God I Won't Believe In, by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it, and then click on the Donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book, The God I Won't Believe In by Nick Cady, to help you wrestle with the common cultural barriers to embracing Christianity. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Revelation. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.